Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. It's a great honor to be with you and to be a part of what God's doing right here in DeSoto, Kansas, and to be uh, invited to speak into your life and to be able to stand behind this pulpit where you get such quality word, you get such, <clears throat> such uh, high excellence standard of word. Amen. I guess we'll have to suck it up this morning and do our best, huh? <laughs> Amen. But uh, thank you for the invitation, and on behalf of Pastor Debbie and I, please thank Pastor uh, Philip as well. Absolutely. And so let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, thank you this morning that we are called your children, that we're bought with a price, that the price was enough, that you paid the price, Lord Jesus. Thank you for being willing to come. Thank you for uh, giving your life and shedding your blood on that cross. Thank you, Father, that, uh, that Jesus was willing. Jesus, thank you for being willing. And Jesus, thank you for sending the great comforter of the Holy Spirit, that we might live and that we might uh, be comforted, be guided, be strengthened, be, be taught, uh, that we might, everything we need that Jesus would have done if he were here in the flesh, Holy Spirit, you're here to do for us. We trust you today to live big through us, to teach us, to guide us, to impart truth into our spirits. We trust you to give us utterance. We trust you to give us ears to hear. Father, we ask you to make it plain. Help us to get it. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory. We thank you for every person here. And we stand before them, uh, counting them as precious as you count them, Father. And may all that we do bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus and edify the church, and build them up, and they might stand in their rightful place, and bring glory to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Greet somebody and tell them, I'm so glad to be sitting by you this morning. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's, uh, It's a privilege to be here. We have a bit of an affinity to Kansas. My wife grew up in Kansas, um, and uh, I know you, most of you got to hear her maybe last night, um, and she is a tremendous blessing to my life. God brought her into my life way back in church history class in uh, Ramo Bible Training Center, and the rest is church history. <laughs> um, but no, uh, she was, she was uh, seated. I, I had uh, decided because of a bad relationship in high school before I got saved, I had decided, okay, that marriage thing and these women, you know, just leave them out there for, for God's plan for them. I'm going to follow God's plan for me, you know. And uh, so, but then uh, God set me beside this strawberry, she's strawberry blonde, and, uh, and uh, we talked and everything, and, and uh, usually we went from that class to the next class. You didn't tell this story, did you? Okay, good. I didn't want to bore you twice, but anyway... Uh, she, uh, and we'd walk to the next class because our next class was the, we went to the same class, the next class we both had together. And so we would walk from the class we were in in church history down to the next class. 
I believe it was Brother Hagin's class, and so we, we, were, we were, we, every day we'd walk to, beside each other. One day, and I didn't think anything of it, you know, good time talking, she loved God and so forth, and, and so, but one day she didn't walk with me, she walked with another guy talking to him, and I'm like, and then I realized, uh-oh, I'm falling, you know, I'm liking her and so forth and so on, and so I ran the other way. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? No, you don't know what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to dedicate my life to Jesus, and I don't want to be distracted. And, you know, <laughs> oh, get a clue. So I needed help. The Lord knew I needed help. So he, um, you know, and so, but I'm sort of saying, yeah, no, I, wanted, I just don't want to get involved again. Because how many of you know if you've done it wrong, you don't know how to do it right, but God has a right way for you to do it anyway. So we, uh, I was avoiding her, but they had an assignment in a class, marriage in the family class, that you had to invite a, somebody out to, uh, on a date if you weren't married, or you'd get a grade letter down, because all the students were being so spiritual, they couldn't date or anything, you know. You know, if you're going to Rama Bridal Training Center, you ought to find a bride. <laughs> That's the nickname of the school. I mean, if you're going to find a wife, find one in a good place. You know what I'm talking about. So we, uh, you know, I'm trying to avoid her and so forth. And so this assignment is looming. So I picked out someone else. And I was on my way to go ask them on the date. And she intercepted me and asked me on a date. <laughs> and I love her for it. <laughs> Amen. So we've been married since 1988, and we've, we, uh, God's plan is best, amen. Um, we have a few products, in the, and I heard she did a wonderful job last night. I, I heard just a little bit of it in the hotel, but I was giving myself to preparations and didn't catch it all, but I know it was good. Um, I have a few more products I want to make mention of real quickly on our book table. We have these for your edification, so we encourage you. You can get all these, many of these, I think all of them probably are free of charge. You can go on our website and listen to them. We don't, we don't sell these for money. We just make them available in this format for a charge. But these things are to edify your life, to build you up in the Word of God. Amen. And how many of you know your first feeder is your pastors? Anything like this is a supplement. And if it disagrees with what your pastor preaches, throw ours out and listen to your pastor. We want to we uh, always honor that office in your life, put it first. But um, this, uh, we have scripture CDs. I think Pastor Debbie mentioned these last night. She, uh, I don't know if she mentioned that they, they're available in Spanish also. So we have different ones, the word on rest and peace, the word on faith and victory, the word on salute, <laughs> health and healing. Thank you. <laughs> I need help. On, yes. And so these are available... <laughs> In the back, they're available in English and in Spanish. So we want you to know that you can get these if you speak Spanish, your, your, your family or someone or you know, someone you're reaching out to or someone that's in need. Um, these are power packed. The Word has power in it. Amen. We had a, uh, this one on Word and Rest and Peace. Because of what God set me from, free from as a teenager, um, there, there's just a special unction on it. 
And uh, we've had many, many, many testimonies on all these, but this one I think we get more from than any of them. Children that can't sleep at night, they put this in their CD player and uh, play it during the night and so forth. Just hear so, so many testimonies, they begin to sleep. I remember one of my favorite testimonies, I got to tell you, a lady was working as a night shift as a hospice nurse in a hospice wing of a hospital or retirement home, I don't remember what the setting was, but she said um, that in a hospice situation, there are people in different stages of dying, and she said there were, the night shift was, was uh, there's a lot of activity, a lot of, you know, people being disturbed at nighttime and so forth. And so she asked her manager, her, her main nurse there, if she could put this over, the, the word on rest and peace, over the loudspeakers on that wing of the hospital at nighttime on her shift because there were so many people being agitated. You know, demons are mean. And uh, so, but this lady, she said uh, that would be fine. She played it over the wing of the, the hospice wing of the hospital and they had to dismiss nursing staff because there was no much, not much need for mercy, nursing in the night times anymore because the peace of God started ministering to these people. The, the peace of God is an anointing. It is the anointing. Amen. And how many of you know God's given us that as our companion to walk through this life with? His, he said, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives. And so uh, we want you to know those are all out there and available. Then I have one here. Uh, one of the subjects that we talk about a lot, how you can be led by the Spirit of God. This was uh, actually, I think this was the one out of the Bible school we taught for Pastor Nancy at the uh, World Harvest Bible School. This goes into great detail, great line upon line. In Bible school, you've got time for four days, three hours a day to just break it down and make it simple. And so that's available. How many of you know we don't, like, we don't live like the world guessing and going? How many of you know we, we have a Father that takes care of us? And he's interested in every detail of our lives. I've been, I've been, before I got my mind as renewed as it is now, not as renewed now as it's going to be, but, but uh, I, was, I was shocked sometimes at how interested he was in certain details of my life because he's a good father and he wants to guide you in all the affairs of life. Number one, the word, but number two, the inner witness. Here's one that has a very interesting title. You might think it's strange when you first hear me say it. Um, how to die. <laughs> well, pastor, I don't want to die. I don't either right now, but we're not, we don't have a death wish in this series. This is, this is just simply saying that God has a way for us to live, but he also, whenever we've lived out our course, finished our race and, and done what, and completed what God's called us to do down here. Amen. Then whenever it's time to go on, cause he hasn't promised we live down here forever in the flesh. When it's time to go on, there needs, you need to know how to do it. And you, you do it just like you live. You do it by faith. And that just simply means you don't have to do it the way the world does it, the way the devil says you have to do it, and you don't have to do it with sickness and disease. You can live out your full length of life and, and die without sickness or disease, like David, full of days, riches, and honor. And so we talk in here about how to do that without sickness or disease. I believe because the Bible teaches us to bring glory to God in our death, just like we bring glory to God in our life. Amen. The Bible calls it the death of the righteous. The way Jacob died, he didn't die with sickness. He gathered up his feet. And after he prophesied to his whole family, he gathered up his feet into the, 
bed and said, adios. I don't know if he was Spanish or not, but he said, I'm, I'm out of here. And just gave up the ghost. People don't know. They think you have to have sickness to die, and the Bible, the Bible says otherwise. So if you, uh, if, you know, and you, you don't have to, uh, somebody said, if I listen to that, will I get too much faith to die? No, you'll get faith to live. You'll get faith enough to live until you finish your course, and then you'll do it right. So don't think you've got to wait till you're 85, 95, or however long you want to live and, uh, to listen to that. So here's another one that's probably, this, this series that we did this in our church, it probably had as much impact on our, uh, on our church as the Word has impact on, on us. But this, it just hit, hit and changed some things in our church. What happens when you praise God correctly? How many of you know faith people have praise in their mouth, not, not a complaint and not a, not a uh, you know, a moan or a groan and <clears throat> why me, God, and all of that. We, we uh, like Paul and Silas in prison, right in the middle of the worst of times, we give God praise. And we bring the power down on the situation. It matters what you're saying with your mouth when you're going through something. And so this... If you, if you don't want to get anything else, just, just get this, all right? It'll change your life. Your pastors will appreciate it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Did you bring your Bible this morning? If you brought it, go with me to uh, begin with. <clears throat> we just have something here that the Lord's been putting on my heart. I was uh, led to do this this morning. I didn't realize this is what the Lord wanted. But James chapter number 5. To begin with, we're going to be talking about some things concerning prayer. Amen. Amen. Prayer um, is not a subject that I go into a church, especially the first time, and usually talk about um, because, you know, I want to, uh, I want to, there, there's, well, just because. I don't have time to get into all that, but it's just, I think there's some things that that the pastor should be allowed to establish in this area first and so forth and so on. And, and we honor the office of the pastor wherever we go. But I, I, was, I was saying to the Lord, Lord, you're leading me on this. Is this. And I checked this morning again, and it was still there. I said, it must mean that the pastors have established some things in this congregation. Amen. 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 So we're going to get into this. I already told Pastor Michelle that if she... Uh, needs to correct anything. She's free to do it because I'm submitted to her and Pastor Philip in this. But, but uh, I, don't, I don't foresee that needed to happen <laughs> because we're going to stick with the Word. How many of you know the Word is safe? A number of years ago, I don't have the date in front of me right now, but the Lord spoke to me in a time of prayer and said to me that there's greater revelation coming to the body of Christ concerning the authority of the believer. And when he said that, I just, you know, assumed that meant the authority of the believer over the forces of darkness. Because we as believers, in the name of Jesus, have the authority. We don't have, in the name of Jesus, authority over the forces of darkness. We don't have to live tormented with, you know, harassing thoughts, tormented with demonic activity. Um, I... I get shocked sometimes, and these are people that haven't gotten the word into them. Believers will come to the church 
and say, you know, I, I can't sleep at night, demons are manifesting, so forth and so on. And I, and I just, they need to know the authority of the believer and who they are in Christ, that they're redeemed from the dark, the forces of darkness, and so forth and so on. We don't have to live with all that. Amen. But, um, and so we have, of course, just like your pastors, we have taught our congregation the authority of the believer, and that stuff is just unheard of in our congregation. I mean... The devil has been whooped on so many times by our congregation. Whenever he comes around, he gets a whooping with a word, you know. Yeah, he just, he's just real sure to, to kind of skirt so many of our congregation. Anybody here like that? He just knows, he knows he's going to get a whooping whenever he... You're going you're to take the word of God and you're going to say, it's written. Amen. And so when the Lord said there's greater revelation coming concerning the authority of the believer, I assumed it had to do in the area of the authority of the believer over the forces of darkness. I mean, wouldn't you think that? And so, um, but then, so I began to pray. Well, if the Lord said that, then I began to call for that. Father, I call, and I wasn't just calling for me, because He didn't say it was just for me. How many of you know no, no scriptures of private interpretation? But whatever we need, whatever the body of Christ needs, further revelation concerning the authority of the believer, I'm asking you, Father, for that revelation to be given. I'm calling for further revelations that belong to this era. Because everything God's doing in the earth, what He's revealing, how He's revealing Himself is progressive. And we never will, we never will move from the foundations of what has already been laid. Amen. When generals of the previous generation went on to heaven, I started hearing testimonies of pastors, thank God, not your pastors, but taking the materials of the, the, the generation that went before us and putting them in the trash can. I know that's shocking. Maybe in your mind that's just like, oh, it goes all over you like it does me. Like, no. The man or the woman might have gone to heaven, but the message is for earth. Amen. And so we don't move from those landmarks which our fathers have set, the Bible says. Remove not the old landmark. Seasoned men and women of God. Your pastors have pastors. Very seasoned men and women in God. We, we came up under Brother Hagin and, and Dr. Dufresne, Pastor Nancy. Very seasoned people in God. And these revelations that came through these ministries and others, you realize there's others, um, uh, that, are very, that are very solid on the Word and very, very uh, unquestionable from the Word. And their lives were lives of integrity and honor and people of the, the respectable people, people of longevity, people that have been faithful, people that obeyed when it didn't look like it was, it was, it didn't look like it was costing them rather than it was ever going to pay off. But they obeyed anyway, and God honored them. And He honored them with an anointing, and He honored them with visitations, and He honored them, and so forth and so on. And, and God revealed some things to some of these men. Amen. And we will never move away from what foundations have been laid. And anyone that does begin to move away from it, they're not safe for you. Amen. Uh, but that doesn't mean that God won't continue, continue to build on what is already laid. And to be honest with you, I, I heard some of the generals that were going on that have gone on before actually begin to bring out some of the truths we're going to bring out this morning. 
and, uh, and uh, it really helped me to understand. So, but anyway, I assume when the Lord said further revelation concerning the authority of the believer, I, I assumed it was going to be in relation to the authority of the believer over the forces of darkness. And believe me, we need to continue to have that further revealed. Amen. So, so that we understand and we walk in who we are in Christ and, and fulfill the call of God on our lives. But as I began to call for this, this further revelation, not putting my own interpretation on it, just assuming I understood what he was talking about, he began to talk to me about further revelation concerning, now hear the way I say this because you can misunderstand me, concerning the standing that we have before God, which gives us certain rights in prayer. And when I say standing, how many of you know righteousness means right standing? Amen. When I say standing, I'm talking about a place that has privileges. It has certain rights. It has certain, uh, like, like for example, in our society, maybe we'll explain a little bit more about this later, but in our society, in our court system, which... Uh, uh, we understand to a degree, we, we, we can go before a judge if, some, if, if wrongs have been committed against us, illegality and so forth, and we can, we can uh, take the laws that are on the books or what is written and, those, and, and go to court and those uh, courts are supposed to uh, rectify the situation but only in line with what is written on the books. We as citizens have that right. We have certain rights as citizens of the United States of America. Any constitution gives our citizens certain rights. I mean, some aren't very much, very many rights, but thank God for our constitution. But, but that means we can go, or whether it's the state law or the city law or city ordinance, we can go and we can have things rectified that have been wrongs that have been committed against us. But it's not enough that we are citizens... And it's not enough that we go to the judge. We've got to be able to show what is written in the laws of the land. We've got to be able to present that before the judge. And the Bible, the Bi- uh, well, yeah, the Bible talks about standing. But even in our court system, if you cannot show from the laws written on the books what your rights are, and that legally you can, you must be, uh, this, this injustice must be corrected and rectified and set right. If you can't do that, even though you have the rights, if you can't, if you're not good at presenting what is on the books, the laws that are written, then you won't really obtain what you need. The court's job is not to run and find out where wrongs have been done and just hand out justice. They don't run to you. You go to them. And you present what is yours, what's your rights. And your ability to do that and your skill in doing that determines how many freedoms you enjoy. And whenever you can come... Because people will go sometimes and say, this was done and this was done and this was done to me. And the court will say, but you have no standing. When it says, when the court says you have no standing, they're trying to get you to bring something that is written on the books. Because even though America is trying to get away from this, we are still a constitutional republic. 
Now, what that means is we're a nation of laws. Now, I'm not trying to preach government this morning. I'm preaching, I'm preaching going before God in prayer. But, but we are a nation of, this statement has been made, and it's so true. We've got to remember this. We are a nation of laws, not a nation of men. In other words, men can't change, uh, can't change what the laws that are written in the Constitution. We are a constitutional republic. We're governed by our Constitution. In other words, uh, if you can present what, is, what your rights are, the courts are supposed to ho- uphold that. Amen? Amen. And there's things trying to get into our nation where that's not even happening. But how many of you know the high court of heaven will never violate the constitution of heaven, which is what is written. This, this word is the constitution of heaven. And if you can go before God with this in your mouth, declaring this is what you said, God is the righteous judge of all the earth which cannot pervert justice. He cannot lie. And he has actually not, we're not obligating him. He has actually obligated himself by exalting his word above his name to uphold our request in prayer because we have standing. Now, I went through that real quick. We could take, you know, a whole service just to explain that in greater detail. But James 5 says in verse number You know these verses, verse 14 through 16, but I'm just going to, for time's sake, emphasize verse 16. James 5, verse number 16 says, oh, no wonder it's not there. I'm in 1 Peter. That's not where James wrote. Okay, James, let me get here. James chapter 5, verse number 16, I want to read it. Confess your faults one to another, pray one for another that you might be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amen. Say, the effectual fervent prayer prayer of a righteous man man avails much. much. Uh, You you can't read that without thinking of the Bible verse. God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. We have been made. We didn't earn this position. We didn't earn this standing that we got before God, this right standing before God. But, but we were made, we were put in this place in Christ. Amen. So we have standing because we're citizens of heaven. We have standing because we're made the righteousness of God in Christ. But even with all of that, there are multitudes of Christians who have been made right through the blood of Jesus. They are citizens of heaven. They have rights at the throne of grace. But they don't know what those rights are or they don't come with the Word of God in their mouth and make their claim on what those, that standing gave them. And for that reason, they do without, not because they, those things don't belong to them, it's because they're not skillful, they're not taught, they're, they're, they're taught the sovereignty of God. Wait on God to just sovereignly do it. The courts of our land don't just, if, if somebody does an injustice, if somebody, if you, this won't happen, okay, I'm not confessing this over you, but let's, let's say somebody else, <laughs> those other people, <laughs> went home and all the furniture's been stolen out of their house. Somebody broke in. And they sit in, the, in their house and wait for the courts to come rectify the situation. They're not going to experience any restoration any justice or anything of that nature. Amen. 
they have to get good at going with what is written. They got to take that and, and, and prove before the court they have standing. And then the gavel will wrap and justice will be done. Are you with me? So this verse has a tremendous revelation in it. He says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The King James says, availeth much. You know, the Amplified says, it makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. And so whenever I began to pray about this, when he said there's more revelation of the authority of the believer coming to the body of Christ, I began to pray and the Lord began to show me some things about authority, but not, not, let's put it this way, not just the authority we have over the enemy, but the authority. Now listen to the way I say this and don't make me say something I didn't say, but he's began to reveal the authority we have at the throne of grace. Now, I didn't say the authority we have over God. That's not what I said. You understand? I said the authority. Now, let me put it another way. The standing that we have with Him that gives us the right to bring His Word to Him and stand and claim what we need. Amen. Hallelujah. We have that standing before God. Righteousness, see, righteousness gives us that standing, covenant gives us that standing, and knowing what the Word says gives us that standing. Amen? Amen. And so when he began to reveal this to me and, 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 and uh, began, this began to open up to me, I began to get glimpses of this in the Word of God. I began to, then I had an experience in praying for my own father who went to be, went to heaven, what? A year and what a couple months ago, uh, but way way back before that, probably I don't remember how many years, five years or so. No, actually, it was longer than that. It was probably more like eight years. Uh, before that, he was in the hospital dying with sepsis of the blood. He had had an operation, and sepsis of the blood had set in. And uh, I went to prayer and started. I started pleading his case. Started talking to the father about it. And I'll go into detail maybe here. We'll see how, how we were led, but of how the Lord began to deal with me. But the way He began to deal with me in prayer as I was in the Spirit, He began to leave some things up to me. And, and I said, Lord, you know, uh, and, I, and I pled His case. I, won't, I don't have time to get into all of it, how I pled His case based on the Word and so forth and so on. And, and then... I said some things, Lord, I just don't believe it's time. It's not, it, he hasn't lived out his life. There's some things in the family that need to be done first. And I, if I went into detail, you know, you'd all understand, but I, just for time's sake and other reasons, <laughs> just, just to share it that way. And I, and I just played his case. I said, Lord, it'd be better if he gets some things done first here. And so, and it'd be better for the family, it'd be better for my mom, and, and this is too sudden, and nobody's ready, and uh, there's some relationships need repaired, and so forth and so on. And I just, and I just uh, pled some things from the Word about he's not old enough yet to die. He's promised us long life, satisfied, he's not satisfied, and so forth and so on. And so, uh, the Lord said to me, because I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, uh, I'm just not going to let him die. And the Lord said back to me, because uh, really what I said was, I'm not going not to let him die, but I said uh, in prayer. Now, I'm over in the Spirit now. You, you, 
People try to do this in the flesh in tones of bossing God around and just, you know, and, and, and it doesn't work because they're not in the Spirit. But I'm over into the Spirit. And I said, Lord, and I played his case and so forth and so on. I said, well, I'm just not going to let him die. And the Lord said, all right, he'll live then. In other words, it's, I'm going to leave it up to you if, what you say on the earth. And he said, but I want you to know, the Lord said to me, I want you to know He's going to, and I'll, I'll do what you say. I'll let him live uh, a bit longer. And, but he said, I want you to know that the rest of his life, see now, because remember in Isaiah 43, it said, come let us plead together. Yes. Remember 25 and 26, you, you're well taught. Come let us plead together. So I pled my case, and he said, all right, I'll do what you say, what you ask me. But he said, uh, but I want you to know the rest of his life is not going to be well physically. And he told me why. How many of you know, we don't have to get into all that either, because you should be interested in the why in your life, not everybody else's life. But <laughs> we're going to all just keep our nose in our own business, you know. And so, so he told me the rest of his life's not going to be well and told me why. Well, he was trying to get me to say, I mean, get me to, to, to know that it'd be best for my dad, what would be best for my dad. But see, I didn't, uh, I didn't pick up on that. I was just glad that the Lord was saying he's going to live. Well, <laughs> he, he did live. He came out of it, which doctors will tell you. If you've ever heard any doctors talk about sepsis of the blood, most of the time, I've, I've very, so I was in, uh, most of the time it's fatal. Uh, you know, thank God for the power of God makes it. I remember a, young, uh, a man, in our, actually Leanne here is from our church, her dad was... Uh, Really not in church. She was. She and her husband go been faithful part of our church longer than we've been there. We've came to pastor after three years, but we. Uh, her dad wasn't in church and so forth, and he was dying in the hospital. Had an operation. Was that for his liver, gallbladder, and uh, and came down with sepsis of the blood. And she called and asked us to come up there and pray for him. And well, we went into that room. I got the prayer team around. Remember, Jesus got the faith team whenever he went into certain places, and and. Uh, I got him in there and started praying, and uh, I sensed her dad's spirit leaving his body. I sensed death, and I said, no, no, you don't, under the anointing. I said, no, you don't. I said, and I leaned down to his, his name's Tom, I leaned down to his ear. He's in a coma. Leaned down to his ear, and I said, Tom, I knew he couldn't hear me physically, but I'm talking to his spirit. Come on back. Not time yet. He came back in his body. His testimony was, he has a book out on it, he went, left his body, and he went up to heaven and talked to Jesus, but he came back. And so he uh, came out of that coma and lived, was it, seven more years. But he had sepsis of the blood, and I talked to the doctor, that's, that's why they, the doctors didn't give him much prognosis to live, but I, I talked to the doctor, and the doctor said, we've never seen anybody come out of sepsis of the blood like this. And, I, and so, well, yeah, I just blocked that out, because I don't care what the doctors say, I care what Jesus says. Amen. And so, and so he lived. Well, sepsis of the blood's a serious deal, but thank God for the power of God. Yes. And so, but see, it's not automatic. None of these cases that I just referred to was the power of God released automatically. Somebody had to get in there and, and, and plead that case. Mostly what we're talking about this morning is praying for other people. I've done this for ourselves. I remember one time, there's different kinds of prayer, isn't there? There's the prayer of faith. 
But um, I think we as uh, Word of Faith people need to understand that we've gotten uh, real good at praying the prayer of faith. How about some of these other kinds of prayer? You notice he said the effectual fervent prayer? Effective. Does the word effectual means effective? If we're going to be effective, we're going to have to learn to pray all kinds of prayer. Because there's some situations the prayer of faith won't work. I didn't say the prayer of faith won't work. I said there's some situations that it won't because it's not designed to work. When other people's wills are involved, you can't pray the prayer of faith for them. Can you pray the prayer of salvation for somebody when they don't want to get saved? That's the prayer of faith whenever you pray the prayer of faith for salvation. But you can't push that off on somebody that doesn't want to be. But see, what if, they, what if they just don't know? Maybe they would if they knew, but they just don't know. Well, you got to let you pray some other kinds of prayer. In healing school, Kenneth Hagin Ministries, uh, we helped there for seven years, was it? I don't remember. But uh, I remember one of the main instructors there at the time we were there went to Brother Hagin and asked how we could be more effective. And he said, well, he said, you're only praying one kind of prayer there, you know, the prayer of faith. He said, learn to pray all different kinds of prayers. Amen. Amen. And so we started pulling people that were just not seeing any results. We started pulling them into times of just just, uh, pleading their case. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. And I'll tell you, the Holy Ghost would manifest Himself. I could tell you stories that amaze you. Would you like to hear one? I remember one lady. Uh, she had been to healing school for a number of weeks, just getting nowhere. How many of you know if you're not getting anywhere, you ought to go, there's nothing wrong with the sending in on God's end, but, but there might be some adjustments we need to make on our end. And so we, this particular lady, we, we didn't see a lot of results like we, uh, we know the word works. How many of you know the word works? But, you know, somewhere she's not making her connection. So we started, we pulled her in and said, we'll be all right, we'll just pray after lunch here. We'll just pray an hour every afternoon with you and just, just get in the presence of God and, and, and uh, pray and worship God and see what the Holy Ghost says. Yes, sir. Put up our spiritual antenna. You know what I mean? Yes. See what the Holy Ghost is saying. Because the God's, it's His will that this lady be healed. Yes. No, no doubt about it. It's His will that every one of us be healed. But somehow or another, she wasn't making her connection. So we, we started praying and uh, things started coming up in our spirits about, uh, about uh, something that her and her brother were not. Uh, it, we, how many of you know the Lord will not give you all the information sometimes, just enough to go that direction to get, to get the thing started and, and get the revelation we need? So the Lord started talking to us, and, and we, started, we stopped praying. We said, now there's something about you and your brother that just keeps coming up in my spirit. Our spirit, we're not trying to be judgmental. We're just here to help, you know. I've had issues I'd had to work out between me and God myself before, before I was able to receive. I don't know about you, but (laughs) amen, because the prayer of faith wasn't getting it. So I said, Lord, it's on my end somewhere. I'm not talking about living in condemnation. I'm not talking about asking the devil where I'm missing it, because the devil will give you a thousand things, and none of them will be right. He just wants to lead you off into condemnation on a rabbit trail to keep you off course, you know. Beat you up, and, you know, you're hitting yourself over the head with a hammer. And he said, that hammer's not big enough. Here, give me, give you this one. He'll give you a bigger hammer to condemn you. So, but I said, I said, uh, what is this about? And she started to cry. And she said, well, whenever, uh, whenever uh, my mother died, she said, I cheated my brother out of some of the inheritance. And we got into a fuss about it and so forth and so on. 
Well, how many of you know? We've all, <laughs> how many of you know walking in love, faith works by love? And we said, well, we're not here to condemn you about that, but we are the Lord's putting his finger on that because he loves you and wants to help you, and this is blocking it. Somebody said, I'm staying out of that prayer meeting. (laughs) Well, if you knew what was good for you, you'd jump in those kind of prayer meetings. Woo, glory. Because if when you start getting answers and getting results where you formerly weren't getting results, even what seems like it's a little hard to hear is all good news, man. (laughs) Get that out of there. I'm dealing with that. You got to mark it down. It is God's will that we live long, that we be healthy, that we have the blessings of God. And and if we're not experiencing it, there's a reason. And it's not on God's side. It could be a lack of knowledge. I'm I'm not saying it's all sin because it could just be a lack of knowledge. We just don't know. It could be a lack of faith because we're just weak in faith. Or it could be some of these kinds of areas we're talking about. And that's where my dad was. He's dying because of certain things. And I pled his case about some, some, I said, Lord, because of the family's sake. You know, how many of you know whenever somebody goes and all the relationships are all good and right and everybody's walking in love with each other, woo, when it's time to go on, whoa, let's go. Rather than I have a lot of regrets about didn't get, didn't get to do this, didn't get to do that, didn't get that worked out, that was never, you know, rectified and this was, you know. That's just not the way things ought to be. So God gave him a longer time. And he, he was in and out of the hospital several times, not with sepsis. He was healed of sepsis. But, uh, but, and he said he won't, the rest of his life won't be well. And that was him pleading his case. But I never said, okay, Lord, it would be best for him. I said, Lord, it would be best for the family. And what did the Lord do? He did what, it was, what, what I said. Oh, my goodness. Are you out there? Yes, sir. Now, that's what this standing before God enables us to do. Now, I don't mean when it comes to other people, you can, you can always get the best God has for them. But we ought to learn to pray this kind of prayer and make power available uh, because there's a lot of things that end up happening in many cases, in many situations that God never intended to happen. Uh, he never wanted it to happen, especially when it comes to certain things that people do to cut their lives short, so forth and so on. And, uh, but the reason they go on and happen is because nobody asked God to intervene and change that, to show them what was going on and why this is happening. It could be, just be, he might just say, well, just, just stand on the Word and claim, claim what belongs to you in faith. And that's one kind of prayer. But remember what, what, what the Bible said, praying always with all manner of prayer. And I've gotten into situations before where I wasn't making my connection with the prayer of faith. I remember, I'll give you an illustration. Give you an illustration. I remember one time, <clears throat> we, we, before we came, went to Cedar Rapids, the pastor, we were traveling all over the United States, and we're getting back into that now again because of the plan of God, but, but at that time we weren't pastoring, we were just traveling, and we go from church to church, full time, you know, traveling, preaching, and uh, I never forget, the Lord 
uh, was dealing with us about certain things, not to, because so many, I don't know, not your pastors, they got their minds renewed. But so many pastors, they want to sit and talk critically about other ministers. Amen. Not amen, but oh me, you know. <laughs> and so, so we'd be, you know, you're endeavoring to go have good fellowship, preaching the Word and, and endeavoring to have good And a lot of pastors, we had good fellowship, you understand. But then some of these, I remember one time, I'm preaching out in Colorado, and uh, this one lady, this pastor's wife, she just had a burr under her collar about this one pastor. Just talking critically, talking critically. I just sat there, and see, I'm a guest. So I just sat there. I didn't have the boldness of Dr. Dufresne. <laughs> and I just shut my mouth, hit my wife, and I just shut her mouth. But she kept going on and on. And, and finally, I didn't, I, 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 uh, she said, what do you think about it? And I, I didn't want to say anything. I just said nothing. I said, I don't have anything to say. And she went on and on. And finally, she said, what do you think about it? So finally, I had had enough. I said, I just wish you'd shut up. Did I say it exactly like that? Exactly like that. We never were invited back. <laughs> I, almost, I went back to the hotel and I said, Lord, forgive me. Did I get in the flesh? He said, no. It's a righteous indignation. That needs to stop. So anyway, I said that. Uh, we were, that, that would happen sometimes. We'd travel and people just speaking critically of other ministers. Come to find out, it's usually because they're jealous. Yeah. Right. Somebody's got more anointing than they've got, yeah. more, more blessing than they've got. Yeah. Boy, it got quiet on that, didn't it? <laughs> so anyway, but, but see, I'd start, you know, they'd be talking and sometimes I'd fall into it and I'd go back to the hotel, Lord, forgive me, I repent. You know, I, I don't want to talk critically about people. These are your servants. Who art thou to judge another man's servant, you know? So I said, and I'd get, but anyway, we were at this, <laughs> we were preaching at this one church, and we finished the meeting, and the pastor said, where are you going next? I told him, he said, well, you're going to be around for breakfast in the morning, we'll go to breakfast. I said, fine. So we went to breakfast, and he went in on some, some minister, talking about a, critically about a minister. And, you know, I'm physically not as, you know, I'm sleepy and tired and so forth, and I fell into it. You've never done that. So I, and so we, we. Chewed him up and corrected him, and you know he wasn't there to hear it. But we just <laughs> <laughs> talked about what he should be doing and what he's doing wrong, and so forth and so on. But he's not our servant. Remember, who art thou to judge another man's servant? We've got the word; we can talk the word, but that, we don't have to talk about people. We talk about the word. So anyway, so we got in the car, and I'm driving to the next place, and I said, I said, uh, and while we're driving, we only had I don't know two-hour drive or something like that, maybe less than that. And while we're driving, I don't know if you know what I mean by this, but I got supernaturally sick. When I say supernatural, I don't mean the power of God. Right. I, mean, I mean something got a hold of my body, and within 20 minutes, I, mean, I was perfectly fine physically, but within 20 minutes, I'm full-blown full, uh, flu symptoms. Coughing, <coughs> throat scratchy, ears are clogged up, nose is running. You know what I'm talking about? Headache, just... Just full-blown within probably 15 or 20 minutes. And I said, well, I get down there where we're going. I don't know if you've ever done anything like this. And I'm just going to rebuke this. You know, sometime later, I'm going to rebuke this. So I said, I'm just, so we checked in and put my bags on the bed where we were staying. And uh, I knelt down by the bed. 
And I said, Father, and I opened my Bible to James. Is there any sick among you, you know? Uh, or no, excuse me, uh, where it says, uh, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And I said, Lord, this verse says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And I'm just going to resist this in the name of Jesus. He said, you're only quoting to me half of that verse. I looked at the first part of the verse. I said, submit yourself to God. You remember that first part of that verse? Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. I said, Lord, uh, you know, because uh, the, the year before, I got a, you got to know the year before, we had, been un, we had traveled a whole, this is the second year of our traveling ministry. We had, the whole year before that, we had traveled but been unwilling the whole time. And, uh, and the Lord dealt with me about it. And uh, we, we had come home for Christmas after that first year and uh, been home for some rest. And then on the next trip, over there in the first part of January, we're on the road up Highway 44 to get out of Tulsa and go to our next church and preach, and I'm grumpy. Now, if, I, if you'd asked me if I was mad at God, I wouldn't have said I was. But I'm sitting there in the car, and the Lord said, you're angry at me. I said, well, I said what do you mean? He said, you think I knocked you down a notch. Boy, he's went on, went, he started laying in on me. I said, what do you mean? He said, and I started to cry because I knew what he meant. He said, because we had been so well received in healing school, and now we're out here on the road. And, I mean, most of the time they pronounce our name wrong. Didn't know us, you know. So, I, you know, I'm kind of miffed at God. You've never been miffed at God. And I said, I started to cry. If you'd, have, if you'd have stood in front of me three seconds before God said that and said, you're mad at God, I'd have said, I am not. But the Holy Ghost said it, and I knew I was. I said, Lord, forgive me. He, 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 and he corrected me. He said, and that's why the whole first year you struggled so much financially. You were doing it, but you're unwilling. Well, there's something in somewhere. Somebody can get something out of this this morning. Here. I said, Lord, I said, you're right. You're right. I, I just was complaining and on the inside unwilling. And, I, and I, she went through, you know, going back to the hotel and complaining after the meetings. Amen. Pastor Jay's at least honest. Tell your neighbor if you'd be honest, he'd get you, get you some help. <laughs> Amen. You don't get anywhere lying to God, do you? Amen. It's like God coming to you, talking to you about your marriage. Lord, it's her. No, it's, no, no. God knows who he's talking to. So I, so I got that right. I said, Lord, what do I do? He said, you holler at the top of your voice right here, right now. My wife's asleep in the car. She's in the passenger side. And he said, you holler at the top of your voice. I delight to do your will, O God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. And he said, say it three times. So I hollered, woke her up. I delight to do your will, O God. And on the third time, something on the inside of me broke. The joy of the Lord came up out on the inside of me. And I started laughing. I said, Woo! Glory be to God. We get to travel on the road. So, so when the Lord said, This is the second year, I'm on my knees praying about these flu symptoms. I'm going to rebuke this. He said, You're only quoting me half that verse. I said, Lord, I got right. I corrected that back there. Just a few months before this. I got that right. I'm willing now. I'm out here on the road. I submitted to you because he said, submit yourself to God. He ignored me. He said, how many times have I talked to you about talking about and criticizing other preachers? 
Now, I was kneeling beside the bed. And when he went in on like that, I got down on the floor flat. Amen. Because he said, he said, uh, he started talking to me about what I had just criticized, that preacher I had just criticized. See, we're talking about a different kind of prayer. And I said, Lord, 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 you, so many, you've, you've dealt with me so many times. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And I started weeping. I started repenting. I got it right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's more than one way to spell healing. There's more than one way to spell healing. And there's more than one way to get into it. We know the prayer of faith works. But there's times that, how many of you know Mark 11, 23 and 24 is connected to Mark 11, 25? You can pull every lever and push every faith button you've ever heard your pastors preach about. And not correct what God's dealing with you about in your heart. And it'll just be a bunch of emotions and wasting your time. So he could correct me. I got down on the floor and I started repenting. I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. And I said, Lord, I, I covenant before you never to do that again. That's why I said to that lady, shut up. I wish you'd shut up. It bothers me. I don't like it. Amen. I know it's not kind to say shut up, but how many of you know we're not dealing with a person here? We're dealing with the, the, the spirit behind it. Talking to it to shut up. So I said, uh, Lord, forgive me, and I'm repenting. And uh, I don't know, five or ten minutes, I guess, just getting that right with God. And I got back up and, you know, sat on the bed just sitting there, you know, hankies and stuff, clear, clearing my eyes and, the, and my nose. And I'm like, how did I get in? What was I here for praying about? I'm, oh, yeah, that's right. I had the flu symptoms. It's all gone. Just all left. Hallelujah. Amen. That wasn't a prayer of faith. That's a prayer of repentance. It got results. See, if, remember the Bible said over there, 1 Peter 3, I don't know why I'm on this. I didn't plan on getting on this. Well, I do know why, but uh, 1 Peter 3 talks about husbands and wives, and then it says, husbands dwell with your wives according to the knowledge, giving honor unto the wives as a weaker vessel, being heirs together with the grace of life. Now notice, that your prayers be not hindered. You know, prayer can be hindered. The prayer of faith can be hindered. Amen. And guess what? If if I have hindered my prayers, all of your prayers can unhinder that. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, if you have hindered your prayers, I can't unhinder your prayers. Only you can hinder, unhinder that. Isn't that right? We can lay hands on you. We're compassionate. We love people. We can lay hands on you until we rub the hair off your head like Brother Hagin said. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You've had a lot of laying on the hands, haven't you? <laughs> I better stay behind the pulpit up here. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Amen. We, so there's more than just the prayer of faith. And that's what we're talking about here, about pleading people's case. All right. Tell, tell your neighbor, we're learning anyhow. <clears throat> Thank God for the Word. 
whatever the case, the reason that some things turn out the way they do is because nobody prayed. In other words, when I say whatever the case, I mean regardless of what kind of prayer it is. There's got to be prayer made in these situations or else things just won't turn out the way God intended for them to turn out. Somebody said, well, I thought he's just running everything. No, he's not sovereign like people say he's sovereign. It doesn't mean he's not the most high God, but that, he does not, he's not just running everything. God gave man authority down here. In the garden, in the Genesis account, God gave man authority. Amen? And we have the, the standing to talk things over with God. Or else many things won't turn out the way God intended they turn out. For our nation. For our church, for our pastors, for our leaders, for the era, for the move of God that God wants to bring. Amen. It's not enough to just twiddle our thumbs and say, well, whenever God's ready, this era will be fully manifested. No, it's whenever we pray. I said, because God's given us the authority down here. Amen. And I'll be honest with you, God's been dealing with me about it's not enough just to make confessions of faith on these issues that go beyond our own realm of authority and our own wills. When it comes to our nation, there's things that the prayer of faith won't work for for our nation because other people's wills are involved. But there's other kinds of praying. <laughs> Hallelujah. We can... We can do this, use our standing before That's God right. to plead the case of our nation right. or our relatives yes. or our pastors or yes, so forth and so on because we do have some authority in these areas. Might not be the same degree we have in our own personal private lives. See, spiritual authority rides on Natural authority. Amen. I've got some natural authority in our house to make some decisions. Amen. Financially and so forth, along with her. But when it comes to your life, I don't have the authority to make any financial decisions. Amen. See, there's there's realms of authority. There's, There's realms of authority even in the natural realm. I can't come into your house. If you invite me to dinner, come into your house and say, I don't like the furniture here. I think this couch ought to be over here. And I start pushing it over there. I don't have the authority to do that. It's not my house. Tell your neighbor, that's good preaching whether you know it or not. See, there's realms of authority in the natural. And there's degrees of authority in the natural. The same thing's true in the spirit. There's degrees of authority in the spirit realm. In my realm, in in our house, in our home, Pastor David and I, we've got more authority there than we've got anywhere. Yeah. Right. Amen. 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 And the same thing's true spiritually. There's more, there's more authority in our natural life. I can always get it for myself. But in some of these praying for some of these others, I can't get God's best all the time. And God will plead His case. Like my father, I couldn't get God's best. Does that make sense? Because of the, realm, the degree of authority that I did not have there. I had some authority. Because of the family authority, relationships, and so forth. But it wasn't to the degree that I could get in my own life. Just mark it down. In your own life, you can get God's best every single time. It might require some adjustments. You, you pray, and God will bring something up. Like, 
you know, how many times have I told you about talking, criticizing preachers like he did with me? He might bring something up. Can you see this is a different kind of praying? And so, but you have the standing before God to, to plead your case in some of these situations. Hallelujah. 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 Now, why are we talking about all this? Because in this time, in the time we're living in, in the era we're living in, in the uh, nation, in the, 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 the time of the end times where God said, I'm pouring out of my spirit upon all flesh, and the latter rain, and so forth and so on, this, this last great era before Jesus comes, this last outpouring of the spirit, God desperately needs people to pray. Because it's not going to happen because God said it. It'll happen because we pray. Because God gave man authority down here in the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Eden, excuse me. (laughs) Second mistake I've made in my life. Anyway. (laughs) The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. King James. Amplified, makes tremendous power available. I'm telling you what, if we learn how to do this, we'll bring the power down on situations. I could tell you some stories. I don't know, some of you believe some of them, to be honest with you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I, I remember one, now this is in our personal life. I'd love to share some on the national level, and we'll see here. But in, the, in our personal life, I remember one time, Pastor Debbie and I had a situation because of a, it wasn't because of an error on our end, but because of some things I won't get into, but we had all of a sudden a need, $80,000 need come up within 30 days. We needed $80,000. And that was about 80000 more than I had. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had money, but, you know, we, we were doing other things with it, you know. So, anyway, so I was talking to a certain person that, was, that it concerned and so forth and so on, and uh, talking about what our options were and so forth and so on. Then I drove away, and I needed to go drive to the church office for, you know, work in the office that day. And I said, uh, and, I, and I just started pleading my case. I said, all right, Lord. I said, uh, this wasn't our doing here. I said, uh, uh, you know, because of our error or unethical or anything, I said, this is, you know, he knew what it was. I told him. And I said, "Um, so I'm just pleading my case. I, you said, you supply all my need according to your riches in glory. And I said, I started quoting my rights and quoting my, you know, what, what rights I had. Amen. Doesn't bring glory to God. $80,000 in bad debt, so forth. And I started pleading my case, and I said, Lord, I want to remind you that when you said, come here to pastor, we obeyed you. And and I said, uh, and I want to remind you, it had to do with our home. It was a bank trying to, they they were trying to pull, I don't remember why, they were trying to pull our uh, mortgage, and all of a sudden it was owed whenever it really wasn't owed during that crash, and uh, I said, Lord, I said, uh, uh, and I started pleading my case, I said, Lord, you told us to come here, and you gave us this home, 
No doubt about it. I know it the way he led it. He gave us this home. This wasn't us in the flesh going out and saying, I want to buy that one. This was the Lord led us to it. And I want, I want you to know we obeyed you. I want to know that you gave this to us. And we were current on everything. And so, uh, and I started pleading my case. And up out of my spirit, I saw something I had never, and the Lord prompted me to plead my case with this. And I wouldn't have thought about it because I got over into the spirit talking to God about this. I said, Lord, and uh, besides, and it came up out of my spirit, not my mind because I wouldn't have thought about doing it. I said, Lord, and when you said start that daycare, we started that daycare. And we did it without a salary. And you said it's a ministry to families and children that wouldn't, and salvation and healing to children and families that wouldn't otherwise come into the church. And it's a bridge into the church. And we did it not for any of our own personal gain financially, although it would be fine to take a salary. But, but we did it to just get it started and to be a ministry, be an outreach. And I want to remind you we obeyed you. I want to remind you of all the people that have gotten saved because of it. Because we've gotten hundreds of families saved, you know. And, and I want to remind you. That's, and, and he said, all right. Boy, whenever, there's something about that daycare. Something about those children. That, that, that was it. By the time I pled my case on that, that was it. That was it. Got it. No, I got it. Knew I got it. I didn't get down the road 10 minutes. The phone rang and the need was met. Amen. Yes, sir. Glory. That's, that's not the prayer of faith. That's pleading my case. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Now, the effectual fervor. I don't know what time I started, so I guess I better wrap it up here soon. But the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, notice, availeth much. Hallelujah. Say it avails much. The Lord, that word righteousness means standing before God or right standing. So you could translate this, a man with right standing before God. Huh? Isn't that right? The effectual fervent, the right standing prayer, a man standing in his righteousness before God, which is a standing and his right to stand there and plead his case, makes tremendous power available. <laughs> Woo, glory be to God. This is a man praying from a standing before the Father because of righteousness. And because of his knowledge of his righteousness. How many of you know all effective prayers done at the throne? Amen. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Isn't that right? So we've got a place of standing there. That place gives us authority. Now, not over God. You realize, when I, I'm talking about with him. In other words, He will accept what we have to say about it in line with His Word. Wow! Whoa! Amen. Brother Justin's been making this work for his own dad. His own dad had some complications. And uh, everybody can tell he would have passed on with all the stuff going on. But uh, he stood, stood before God and he said, Now, Lord... You know, and pled his case. 
and he's and he's out now and back not not to, out of the hospital yet but he's out to, out of the main critical care unit out of that hospital actually back to another facility where he's he's just really the medications is what he's recovering from now not necessarily the disease some medication sometimes the cure is worse than the <laughs> but he's on his way out praise God because because he stood before the throne of grace and said now nah, I just won't let him die those were his words I just won't let I'm just not going to let him die Amen. And, and, and he went to his dad and said, I've been praying for you. And his dad said, grabbed his hand and said, thank you. See, that's why he could do it. His dad was open to that. But his dad didn't know how to do that. But he's interested now. He's saying, when, uh, where do you go? To, I want to go to church with you, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Are you getting anything out of this? Praise God. Righteousness means we have a say when we can bring His Word. E.W. Kenyon, I believe it was, said, prayer is like a mirror on the earth. We're just reflecting what God said back to Him. And, and He sees Himself in His own Word. Well, I just don't know if God didn't, I don't know if God wants to do it. Well, He shouldn't have said it if He didn't want to do it. And He shouldn't have given us that challenge. Come, let us plead together. If you don't want me to do that, don't tell me to do it. Because I'm going to do it. <laughs> not in tones of arrogance. Not in pride. Not in, you know, trying to boss God around with the lust of my flesh. Well, Lord, I want this. I want that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what you really have in your heart. I'm talking about reverent before God, but also knowing you have standing. Knowing, listen, here's the play. Remember Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians 1 3. We'll wrap this up. I believe it's one. Where is it? I'll, I'll have to find it here. 1 6, maybe. <clears throat> Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1 6. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved. I used to look at that, and, and rightly so believe that I personally am accepted in the beloved. And that's obviously one thing it's talking about. No question about that. But how about this kind of praying? It's acceptable at the throne. This kind of praying is acceptable. You know, you would think without the renewed mind, because the flesh won't tell you this place is there for you. The flesh tell you, ah, no, God's just running everything and me, you know, all my failures and all my mistakes, God would never accept what I have to say about it. Right. And the flesh won't tell you that, but if the Word reveals it. Right. Amen. Amen. And so we accept that we're ex- this kind of praying is acceptable. Well, maybe we'll look at some other verses about this tonight. We'll see here. But in other words, the natural mind would think, boy, if I went to God and talked like Abraham talked to God, remember... God said, I'm going to judge Sodom and Gomorrah and wipe them all out. And he said, remember what he said? Remember, he said, he stood before God and he said, now, what if there's just, I think he started out at 50 righteous or 40 righteous, something like that? Shouldn't the judge of all the earth do right? Most of us, who duck, man. (laughs) Wham! You, a mere mortal, talking to me that way. But Abraham's a man of covenant. And he knew 
that covenant gave him a standing to have a say. Yes, amen. And there was no slap across the mouth for, by, by God from Abraham. God said, all right, if there's 50, I'll spare it. Woo, there's God doing what a man says. I don't know that we realize the authority we have at the, stand, at the, at the throne of grace. Abraham said, all right, what about, what he went down to 40, I believe. No slap on the mouth, just, okay, I'll do it. 30, 20, 10. He said, I'll just say this once, one, one more time. He said 10. It wasn't 10, he got down to 10. And there wasn't even 10. Boy, he shouldn't have said no, just once more. I have problems with people who have written America off. You know what I'm talking about? Because they don't know they're standing before the throne of God. Amen. Somebody said, well, there's just so many things going on. Yeah, and there's people that are learning they're standing too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can read like John 6. There's a verse in John 6 where Jesus said, He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast him out. Now, we know salvation's the main thing he's talking about. They're coming and being born again. Thank God we're, we're accepted when we come to be born again. But he didn't just limit it to that. How about coming with this kind of request based on his word? He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Well, if you won't be cast out, your prayer won't be cast out. Especially now, we're going to talk about it more, but if you line it up with what God said in his word. That's where you get your authority. That's right. Amen. Amen. You go with what he said. That's right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Whenever he said, you know, I said, I'm going to just rebuke this supernatural flu I got. He went back to his word. And he pled the first part of that verse. Ooh, okay. I get it now. I see how he works. I go, I go take his word to him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ooh, I feel like I just got started on this, but there are things we've got to know about our standing before God and our right. Now, we've got to learn to do this humbly, reverently, not, not trying to boss God around because he's, he's, he's to be revered, he's to be honored. But yeah, right on the other hand, we've got to recognize that where we come at the throne of grace, when we come up to where he is, we're standing on the same level of ground because we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We're not paupers and inferior ones begging for a crumb. We've been raised up. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. 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 Praise be to God. Remember that story? Most of you might have heard the story of Brother Hagin pleading the case of his Sunday school superintendent. Remember that man that had fallen into the, he, was a, he worked on the oil fields and fell into that oil rig. Remember that? And uh, the doctors thought he was, well, they said he, we, we can tell he's still alive, but, but he's, he's just on the point of death. He's, he's, he, he can't live. And remember, Brother Hagin rushed out there, and of course his wife, the man, the man that fell in the machinery, his wife was there, and he pulled her aside, and she said, Brother Hagin, uh, 
the doctors don't think he's going to live today. And Brother Hagin said, no. She said, isn't it good to know we've got inside information? Praise God. That's all Brother Hagin needed. He grabbed a hold of that. And she and he said, yep, she'll, he'll live. He'll live. It's a long story, but Brother Hagin eventually got him to the hospital. Brother Hagin, remember, he walked the out and said, I'm just not going to let him die. Remember that? He's not old enough to die. He gives 30% of his income into this church. I need him. If I need him, you need him. And he pled his case. Amen. And, and it went down. I think he had five things. And, and so, and, and every time he'd do that, he'd go back into the room. Brother Hagin go back in the room and, you know, he'd be better off be more color in his face so forth. And remember, he'd fall asleep, start falling asleep, and the man would start dying. That happened, what, two or three times? Finally, uh, he, he did it the last time, and, and uh, he went back in, and the doctor said, he's come out of it, he's come out of it. Remember that? And then whenever he came out of it, he was completely healed, testified in church the next Sunday, and this, the man said, I actually did die, I went to heaven, but he said, Jesus met me and said, I can't come. He said, it's not time yet, you can't come yet. What do you mean I can't? See, the world needs to get a clue. Nobody who's ever gone to heaven wanted to come back. And everybody that we've had record of in the Bible that went to hell, they all wanted out. Remember the rich man and Lazarus? That rich man, he wanted out. <laughs> Brother Hagin said this. Jesus said to that man, no, not, not time for you to come yet. You can't come yet. Oh, he said, I don't want to go. I, I want to stay here with you. And the Lord said, well, you can't. And I said, why? He said, because Brother Hagin won't let you come. <laughs> Remember that curtain, Brother Hagin said, I mean, the man testified that Jesus pulled back a curtain and he heard Brother Hagin's voice and saw him praying, Lord, I'm just not going to let him die yet. That's authority at the throne of grace. That's that's God honoring what a man says at the throne of grace. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I think we need to realize what, what rights we have. Amen. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. We worship you. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We worship you. Every time you hear something like this preached, remember it's always in Christ, not in ourselves. It's never because we have put ourselves in this position. It was Him that put us in this position. You're driving down a country road. You look over on a fence post and there's a turtle sitting on top of a fence post. You might not know exactly all this about him being up there, but you know one thing. Somebody put him. <laughs> he didn't crawl up there and get up there himself. preaching this morning, just always remember we didn't put ourselves there. Somebody put us here. 
somebody. Hallelujah. Glory. Praise God. How about, how about we get real good at taking advantage of the privileges? His seat gives us some privileges. Let's take advantage of them. Listen, for the benefit of our families, of those in our community, the benefit of our church, our pastors, the move of God, our nation. Come on. Some other people might not have that standing or they might not know about it. Let's be a blessing because we're taking advantage of it and walking in the light of it. Glory to God. My family got all that reconciled because my dad came out of that and reconciled all that. And when he went home, everybody was, it was a glory. I could tell you the story about my brothers and I going up there uh, uh, one of the last times I saw him, and heaven came down in that room. I mean, I had a glorious time, just as glorious as any church service I've ever had, because everything was right and clean. He's ready to go, and everybody was, woo, glory, be to God. So let's be a blessing to our families, our community, our church. Hallelujah. Let's take advantage of our standing to bless our world.